0: John. It's Fizzy
1: episode of sitm podcast the couch talk i'm your host sir charles aka capo i got a good guest with me in the building but before we get into that make sure you visit www.sitmpodcast.com to shop your exclusive merch please go grab you a hoodie a t-shirt a crew neck something for you and your lady or something for you and your guy you know the holidays is wrapping up so you know you got to get your last good gift Um, You know, this is also the five-year anniversary. We got a lot of good details coming up for you, so stay tuned and stay close to that. Make sure you watch all things SITMPodcast.com. That's the Artist Spotlight. That's the desk. And that's everything we got coming up for you. But back to my guest, Mr. Vernon Jones. Uh, He is the CEO of Fourth Quarter LLC as well as a head coach of the 14U cockyville eagles am i correct
0: yes yes all yes. right
1: 14u cockyville eagles head coach please vernon let's 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 all welcome him
0: how you guys doing what's going on
1: yeah mr mr v how you been man how's everything with you
0: man i have been blessed man um i can't complain at all man i can but you know what's the point of doing that man how about yourself
1: i'm pretty good you know yeah just took a break just got back on the couch talk so you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of good things happening for me.
0: Uh ever since uh ever since you told me that you wanted me to come on, I've been keeping an eye out for, you know, the things you guys been doing. And especially this past week I've been uh just watching episodes trying to make sure, you know, I'm on my P's and Q's when it was my turn. So That's, that's what's up, man. I'm excited so to be here.
1: That's I'm I'm happy for you to be here. So
0: that means that we're gonna see you
1: on this on this five year anniversary you got coming up. We'll talk about it off okay, camera, but okay, we're, okay. that means we just going to see you. I'm All right. we're just letting the people know where, where they can find you after this episode. <laughs> All right. So, V, man, what, what's going on? Like, first things first, man, you know, I've known you personally for for some time. Um, I actually, funny thing was you was the first person I interned under, right? So let, let's share a little bit of that backstory. how we met, Um. And what you were doing at that time, and into how you transitioned into this time.
0: Okay, so at the time, I was working for Miss Tina Brown uh, with Divine Fitness, right. and uh, we were oh, oh, so we were trying to figure out ways to um, to get more more help and to also spread awareness of what we were trying to do. And uh, one of the ideas was to to get interns. At the time, I was just I was either just finishing up school or I had been out of school maybe for a little bit. So um, my time at Bowie State was still fresh on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I had remembered, you know, how how frustrating of a process it was for me to find like the right internship for me. And, or or to just even find an internship period, right? You know, uh, well, I don't know, I I I can only speak for myself. Sports management, it it kind of felt like a wide range of things. I felt like I could really step into anything, right? So to find an internship that would allow me to step into all of these different things that I was learning at school, it really wasn't out there like that. So while I was with Mistina and Divine Fitness, it felt like okay, this is kind of like like that. You know, if we bring somebody on as an intern, they will be able to you know try some of these things that they, that I learned from Bowie. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like the the perfect answer. Let's go back and you know find somebody yourself who you know was sharp, who was eager to you know hop into the field and and try some things out and it. It worked out.
1: No, that's that's definitely a bet because, you know, for me at that time as a as a student, I, I think I did the internship before I was even supposed to do an internship. That was one of the coolest things about it was that, um, one, you were a product of Bowie State, coming from one of who I would consider somebody that really cared about our program. Because me and you, we we both went to Bowie State, right, 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 and we both were sports management majors, so we know the the nitty gritty and. We've seen that trans. Well, you dealt with Dr. Organ.
0: <laughs> you didn't deal with Dr. Oregon? Right. I dealt with Dr. Okay, Oregon. Okay. Okay. All right. So forgive me. Right? All right. Let's not let's not say deal. Oh, right? well, well, I would say that I
1: experienced I know what it was to experience Dr. 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 Organ. Okay. And then the transition post Dr. Organ. So I saw both sides.
0: Whoa. So I
1: might have to ask you about how that was. Yeah, it wasn't fun really i, I will talk we'll okay, talk okay okay we'll talk but okay the, for the most part dr riley was our common bond and seeing how because right after dr oregon left dr riley took over okay so i met you basically through dr riley um and if dr riley ever seen this you know shouts out to you dr riley but yeah shout um, out to dr riley he definitely put me in contact with you and I was so passionate about being in sports management. I saw the same passion that Divine Fitness had, you especially alongside Miss Miss Tina. Um, and it had already been something I was doing for a while. I had been working with Maryland National Parks and Planning Commission for some time. So I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity, because that actually led me into some other opportunities that we'll talk about later.
0: And no lie, like that is the ultimate plan, right? Mm-hmm. That's the plan, to, to give an opportunity or to create an opportunity for somebody and for them to take mm-hmm. it and for it to run. For me, like, and that's why I, when you reached out to me, it felt like I, I had to take it because it was like the perfect science coming back, right? Mm-hmm. I reached out to you indirectly, but in a way it, it, cr- it made our paths cross. Right. Then boom, years later, you're in an opportunity and you're giving me one. Exactly. So,
1: now so hopefully we can continue to build on this i know you're going to go far because you're definitely going to talk about what you what you got going on
0: thanks i appreciate that
1: so first things first i mean um
0: so you're the ceo
1: of fourth quarter llc so basically when i met you you were working with the fire fitness i think you were a part owner in that um you transitioned out of that into starting your own holistic training and development for students so talk okay, about.
0: okay so all right for for starters i, I was I, I wasn't a part owner of, mm-hmm. of anything i was mm-hmm. just a, a contributor to it okay um so fourth quarter um it pretty much are you, you asking how it came about mm-hmm. all right so there were several different instances that in my life that kind of came together mm-hmm. right uh the first i'm gonna say was when I was in high school and I I took my first business class and I realized that I and this might sound I didn't want to work for anybody right. I wanted to I wanted to create and I wanted to give opportunity I didn't I, I just didn't want to work for anybody just plain and simple and then um uh, once I I found myself at Bowie all right now it's time to pick a major right you got of course everybody's experiences you got people in your corner saying, you should do this, you should major in this. Um, and then, you know, you got things that you see, uh, this career makes a whole bunch of money. Then I found out about sports management and the way my life was set up, it just felt like the perfect match, mm-hmm. right? Um, from my class that I took in high school, that's when I learned that like uh, my, my teacher, Ms. Tucker, she, she told us that, you know, these things, you know, these ideas that you guys create in these classrooms, you know, it's the same thing that people were taking to the state house and, you know, getting the LLCs for, you know, getting, you know, their, uh, uh, what their sole proprietorships for, you know. So um, when I got into sports management and I started doing projects and we started, you know, doing assignments and doing research and stuff, I started keeping those things. Right, because just because I do a, a project in sports finance don't mean that it can't also tie into a project I'm doing for facility, for sports facility, right? So um, I, I collected these things, right? And then uh, when I, one day we had a, a guest speaker come in and they were talking, they, they told us that they don't work during the winter. The only thing they do is they work during the summer. And it was all sports management stuff, and it was like, yo, this could be real. Then, uh, I, I found myself with the Divine Fitness situation, and that's when it was like, yo, it really, it really is real. And and doing all of these things there, that's when I got the confidence to step out and be because it was something that I always wanted to do. It's like you've, you've you've put in your time and your effort, your work. You you've done the schooling and then you've also done the work, like in real life. I even put in time with, you know, parks and recs, you know, line and field and stuff. So it was like, do it. And um when so you asked about the uh the holistic part about it, right? So um I chose to, to say I wanna focus on it holistically, right? As a whole, right? Um because the way I stepped into the realm is through training, right? And typically, trainers only focus on the physical element of what a student athlete is, right? But anybody who knows a student athlete or has been a student athlete themselves knows that this isn't, that's not the only thing that could keep you from the opportunity of going to the next level, right? You got grades, you got exposure. You got mentoring. You know the things that you that you might be accustomed to, right? You know, for example, I'm. And this is this is just an example, right? You know, like uh, with with Mike Vick's situation, right? I remember when that was going on. There are a lot of people that come from areas where dog fighting is actually common. Yeah. Right. So if you don't know that that is an issue anywhere else, you know, you you just don't know. So you actually do need somebody that's like experienced in the world. Well, maybe not necessarily the world. I'm not going
1: in that
0: world. Yeah, to let you know that, like, yo, I know this is cool there. But it's not cool. It's not cool everywhere else. So, you know, at some point, you're going to have to let that go. If you don't have somebody to let you know that some of the things that you find cool, you got to let go, it's going to get in the way.
1: So you mentioned you were a student athlete. You played football at Bowie State.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so just a quick tidbit on... So why, during your time there, may... I don't. I don't. I didn't really look at the the records, so to speak, during my time there. But seeing where Bowie State is now as an as a as a school, right, right, it's, it's almost like a powerhouse. Yeah, really. yeah. I mean, how does that make you feel?
0: So, all right, everybody's uh, everybody's you know, and you co- play football there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's course or you know, everybody's experience is different, right? So this is what I'll say about it. I will say that I am glad that I was a part of the building process, right? Um, from what I see now, that's taking place at Bowie. When I was there, what had that been happening was they were figuring things out. They were, they were, they were trying to figure out, you know, what schemes work for them, what personnel they they like, um, where where they like to recruit or where they're able to recruit from. And now that they, they've been rolling for a couple of years straight now, which means something something clicked. When I was there, I believe you know we averaged a five hundred season. So you know if you if you've got any kind of like coaching experience, you know five hundred, you know you you still there's, there's something there's something missing, there's something that's not quite clicking, right? And to see you know the amount of success that they're having now, I tip my hat to them as a coaching staff, as a program for getting it together. You know, I I wish I had been a part of you know, but you know, I I still had you know great times. You know what I'm saying? I still had good experiences. I still met a whole bunch of great people, and who would I? Who, who I would not to.
1: It just hurts that ring, though. That, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, it just is what it is, man. I would have loved to win a championship, get a ring, you know, had the prestige, but. I don't want to take away from what I got and the things that I learned and what me and my my teammates and you know the coaches that I put, I played for what it turned into because it turned into something beautiful. Right,
1: because a lot of the, those coaches. Shout out to Coach David Wilson. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Coach Mo Ware. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Coach. Um,
0: for
1: getting the D coordinator. Koso. my man. Shout out to Koso. My man. Yeah, because um, uh, for me, so I was there for the first championship. Um, that was the year I think I graduated. I worked with the athletic department for mm-hmm. some time. I don't know if you
0: knew that or not. No, I didn't, I didn't.
1: Yeah, so I, worked, I actually interned with the athletic department. Um, prior to my other internship. But I worked for them for uh, about two years. I did two years with them. So I experienced the first championship, got to be a part of the second one. Um, AD was supposed to give me a ring, but... uh. Oh, for real? I'm telling you.
0: It, so, I mean, all right. I'm all
1: telling right. you, AD my math.
0: Okay, What's so up, I feel like it's okay for me to say this because I went to an HBCU, mm-hmm. and before I say this, all schools got their shit with them. But everybody that's went to an HBCU knows that HBCU's got some shit with them. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that that was the shit that you just had to go through. Yeah, you know I mean? mean,
1: but, so, you know, we don't have to get into it now. We can talk about it off camera, but I think 80 <laughs> understood. I'm not saying that I was a difference maker, but I had my own show at Bowie. And um, that season, before, I, me and him had a, a lengthy conversation about the sports management program at Bowie State and its relativeness to the athletic department. It was it was non-existent. It didn't, it didn't make no sense to me. So it was post-Oregon, and post-Riley as well. So I was able to kind of finesse a system that worked for me and it did me wonders. And I developed tons of relationships just by doing that. Um, but that's another story for another. But, uh, yo, so after, so pretty much after my time at Bowie, I ended up getting an internship with, with DC United, so coaching kids' soccer. And one thing I learned is that coaching is not for me. <laughs>
0: it's, it's not for a lot of people, it's man.
1: difficult. Like, I work with kids, you know, in day camps and summer camps and things like that. It's not the same as coaching. Why did you what prompted you to want to work with kids and and, and coaching like what, what got you to that point
0: so um and why
1: do you keep doing it that's
0: that's, <laughs> that's the other question all right so at at some point you know of of doing things after a certain amount of time it's just who you are mm-hmm. right um my so just to i don't know if you noticed know or not but my father he played professional football mm-hmm. for a couple of years right So Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as any any man does, you know, he teaches his son or his daughter or whoever follows him what they know. Right. So from the time I could like really walk, you know, sports or sports background, something of the sports nature has been a part of my life. Right. Uh, What I saw him do and what I saw a lot of other people do that, you know, participate in you know, whatever sport that they choose to participate in, when their time is up, you know, to sort of substitute with the, what you're going through, right, you're going through the absence of something that you've been doing for a long time. You you start to coach and I, I, I'll never forget man, I got a call from a friend of mine, uh, his name is Dominic West and uh, they had an opportunity at our old high school and Once again, it just it was like another perfect science thing, right? I get to try coaching out at my old high school and, you know, really see if, you know, this is this is something for me. And, you know, just through so many years of competing and, um, you know, being on one side of it, what I wanted to do was I wanted to I wanted to be my idea of what a perfect coach was right and in me practicing that it really started resonating with the kids and um you know just like with anything that, that anybody tries like for the first time once you see like a little bit of success or once you like get over the threshold it's like all right I want a little bit more right so you know one year it was like one year turned into two and I think I'm if I wanna be honest with you, I think I'm at year eight. I'm creeping up on a, a full decade of coaching, man. Sheesh. And what I'll tell you what really what really keeps me uh keeps me going is what it does for, you know, the people that you're coaching, right? So like you get a, a high level of satisfaction, like if I'm coaching you and I teach you something, right? And as a coach, any. Any and all coaches can vouch for this. Like You're not just coaching on the field or what's going on on the field. You're coaching off the field too, right? So if I'm I'm your coach, right, and I teach you something, whether it be a technique on the field or you come to me like, Coach, man, I'm going through something, and I I say, look, this is how you should go about it, and that works for you, that do something for me too. And in my time as a coach and, you know, the way I chose to go about it, the way I chose to deal with my kids, man, I I get that a lot. So that's like that's gassing me up for real to keep going because I see my impact on, I guess, my world. Right. The people that I come in contact with when I decided to coach and a player decided to be, you know, up under my wing and they listen. And, you know, I didn't hold anything back. I gave him, you know, everything that I had. It it always translates to well, nothing is 100 percent. But for the most part, it translated into something good. So why stop that? Figure out a way to keep that going.
1: So for me, and I'm glad that you brought that up. So I'm from PG. Mm -hmm. I grew up here most of my life. I transitioned to Baltimore during my college years Mm -hmm. and I stayed there. Um, So I kind of experienced both sides and I see what Baltimore City and sometimes the county is and what you can be exposed to. Right. I lived in Yale Heights. I lived in Park Heights. (laughs) So I I think I'm a little bit more versed right. right, what you see outside your front door than what people most commonly saw. For you as a coach, did you ever have those real... Life experiences with uh, either a player or someone on your team um, that was going through something that was just like you had to kind of step in and 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 be more than a coach.
0: More often than 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 not, I, so specifically specifically you know about you know about tyreek of course uh my my younger cousin and that was a situation where i felt like i needed to step in on because um because with with him specifically and (laughs) and knowing and knowing where you know his what his living environment looked like the chances of him just seeing the opportunity with with me it's just about seeing opportunity i can't guarantee nobody's success Mm -hmm. right but what i can say is i can help you get to the door whether you walk through it or not you know that's up to you but i've gotten to certain doors before and that path worked for me and i tested it out with other people so with him specifically yeah like um i i've in a lot of times what will happen Right. And um you'll have a conversation with a kid, right? And like uh I've been I've been coaching for so long, man, I, I look at it differently. Like I I've been starting to call myself a sensei because like it's it's starting to become like a magical kind of like masterful type thing. So you'll have a conversation with a kid and without them even knowing, they're giving you hints about what their life is like or yeah. they're sending up red flags, right? And you know, and they, and they think they hiding it. Yeah, they think they hiding it, right? Mm-hmm. But whole time in your head, you're like, whoa, you're whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so with so many of my kids, and you know, I, I'm not going, you know, say no names, but you know, they they know who they are. Well, actually, they don't, right? Because what I also believe, and I, I've seen on so many occasions, I, and specifically with Tyree, right? A lot of times you'll say, "Don't do this," and they do it. He just
1: want to test it out.
0: So you got to you got to learn like a a, a way of saying or suggesting a different route without letting them know, I know what you're doing or I know what's going on. And allow them to like uh, come to the idea of the conclusion themselves or to like kind of get their own fear or their own imaginary idea that you kind of know. Right. Because like. Carrying that label as a coach also holds like a high level of respect. I used to teach, right, and every day my kids used to wear me out. Mm-hmm. When they found out that I coached, it was like a different level. It was of respect. like a diff, a whole different level of respect, mm-hmm. right? So, if you know a, a kid is talking to me about you know, or, or you know, child like kind of hide what they're going through, but still trying to talk to me. I, I, I'll give them a hint that I, I, I know, but I'm gonna still kind of let you know that I don't know. Yeah. And then allow that, like, my respect and the label that I have to steer them in the right direction.
1: Yeah, because with someone like Rick, right? Mm-hmm. Where, because I had 1st experience where I, I saw the work that you put in with him. I know the talent that was there and I know where we are today. hmm And when you look at somebody like that, it kind of hurts. Cause it's like you you want the best for that person, even when that person don't don't know what's best for them.
0: See, and I, I'll tell you when it comes to that situation specifically, right? Um, there's there's a lot of truths that you kind of have to accept, and one, um, and you probably feel the same way because you know them, yeah. right? Um, where he is right now, if you care about him, you don't want him there, <laughs> right? But if you are knowledgeable in the world, you know about certain things that's transpired in society, unfortunately, more than likely, that's, that's, that's where he was gonna end up. And, Man, like and there, is, there is an infinite amount of paths you could take to success. Me, you, nobody in this room can say which way is right or wrong, right? In the situations that he was placed in, he was making whatever right he, decision. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm gonna say I, I'm not gonna say left. I'm gonna say whatever he felt was the right decision because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I personally do know people who have to choose. They have to go left, mm-hmm. right, because of their circumstances. They they just have to. But the goal is to go left to steer back right. right. I don't know what I wasn't there. Right. What I do know is even even though he didn't done, done some silly shit, right? You know we we not stupid. He's not yeah, he's he's a very smart, intelligent young man. So, you know, what I'ma give him the benefit of the doubt is that he a black man. a black man in society that had some choices or some cards dealt before him and he chose and he chose and he chose and eventually it caught him
1: yeah like uh reek was somebody that i know for sure like my encounter with him i would say it was definitely unique it's definitely unique and special and i just think that like you said he's just a victim a victim of circumstances but I still feel that even though that, that might be what you are, you still can impact the decisions that you make. But I don't want to, I don't want to, ho- cause we can talk about and, that And, and uh, let all well, allow,
0: allow me to say this as well, right? Uh, and in many cases, right, we always, we always want to believe that we are meant to be the ones, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we see the potential in somebody and, yo. He's supposed to make it right. It may not be meant for him. It, we saw his potential, and based off of what we saw, we felt like he was supposed to do something right. It may not have been meant for him. You know, it may have been meant for he—he he has a son and a daughter now, right? It may be meant for his daughter. It may be meant for his son, or you know, it may be meant for for Tiana or or whoever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. To for for whatever he did or whatever's going on with him. To spark something else for something else to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and and these are these are things that like I had to, cause that's I call I used to call him all the time my cousin's son, yeah. right? You know because <laughs> yeah. he was my cousin, but I think yeah, he's yeah, like, my I son. I already right? know. I already know. So you know these are these are a lot of these are the ways that I've um accepted or learned to accept where he's at right now. Right, I feel it. Now I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Okay.
1: Youth athletics, right, when it comes to coaching, me and you are both sports management majors. We've done a lot of research on this game of football. Football eradication is something that could possibly happen in the next 15 to 30 years. Do you still feel like that's something that's secure within society, like football is here to stay, especially in youth athletics with concussions and different things like that um playing the sport or do you feel that no football is a it's a it's a life lesson that needs to be taught to young men where do, where do you go with that
0: okay so I can only speak from from my experiences and you know what I've seen firsthand right mm-hmm. now um what I'm seeing right now is that there is a a big pickup in flag football in 7-on-7. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an agenda being pushed because of what you're speaking about, but I have seen it. Um, I I do believe that when it comes to, to child participation in the, in the game of football, you do have to be selective about your child every child is not meant to play the game of football it is a brutal sport and this is like such a it's a it's a weird topic because i do love the game but you gotta you also gotta respect certain things about it right from the top level at the nfl right they are consciously doing things to make the game safer and we we all see it i'm not about to you know break down every other yeah, thing yeah. that's going on but we all see it and eventually these things are going to trickle down right you already see where in college you know you you get a, a targeting penalty you <laughs> done <laughs> out the game you might have miss the next game or whatever the case may be and like it's that's brutal because you know your performance on the field is your resume yeah the less exposure you have the less
1: opportunities
0: uh, yeah so in so many ways they they take any money right so based off of what is going on right I believe what they'll probably do is cut it off at a certain age and allow or only allow like equipment for like maybe like the teenage or the, the preteens right like mm-hmm. 11 12 something like that do I actually you know what to be honest with you i do agree with it because um at 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 like at least the flag level right you can break down the game well you could if you're a good enough coach you can break down the game to a kid but but once again there's so many variables to it it's a lot of variables to it which is why you know i'm gonna just say i'm gonna just stick with yeah what i see is an age limit being drawn Right. Maybe once, you know, puberty start kicking in around that where it's biologically like semi-ideal. Right. Maybe maybe even high school. Right. Because typically in high school, you're like coming out of puberty or, you know, you're you're in full swing. So you're okay. But um, I do see it happening. I hate to admit to it, but I do agree. From you know what I know, not the competitor in me, right? Not the, the participant in me. The participant in me is like, no, let them play. <laughs> Put the let the let the little babies he head, take a head hit. Head pads on their shins and you know just be out there bobbling. Let them do it. He can take a hit. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, just
1: rub that little dirt off, it's all, all right,
0: right, right. good, good <laughs> hit, young fella. Yeah, <laughs> but but to, but to keep it but to keep it real. Uh, I, I see that's that's the movement that they're going to because there's too many there's too many it's too much money involved for injury mm. right and because football is such a brutal sport and because um, there's no telling when an injury occurred right a kid could blow their knee out playing youth ball it don't affect them Well they, it luckily don't affect them all the way up until they become a pro, and they blow their same knee out, and now the NFL is responsible. That's why, right? That's why they'll push to to you. stop it because they can't make an argument. Well, am probably saying too much, right? But they can't make an argument to say exactly when it happened, right? It makes sense because nobody just says at 22, "I want to play football." <laughs> it, it, it starts it, playing early, in the NFL yeah. early. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um. You're a son
1: of a pro football player. Did you, not you per se, really the question is kind of two parts, but really one is really asking about sport burnout, right? Okay. Parents that tend to kind of force a sport on kids. Have you experienced that firsthand? Yeah. Not, not with you per se, but with kids. And when you do, how do you... How do you because you we are sports management majors, we study that. We mm-hmm. kinda know when to recognize
0: it and but they don't necessarily tell you tell you how to deal with it. Okay, so I experienced it firsthand, not only, you know, for myself, but mm. also, you know, seeing it vicariously through, you know, other people, right? Mm. And it it all stems from not truly acknowledging what sports really is, right? Mm no matter how you slice it, no matter how you cut it, at the end of the day, sports is nothing but a form of entertainment. It is one of the, it has one of the lowest percentage rates of success, right, Um, and people that actually make it. Yeah, people that actually make it, right? Um forgive me for not knowing the exact number sports management we, we talk about it all the time. It's a 1.01% One percent percent chance to get a full scholarship and then of that percentage just is even smaller, smaller to make it pro, right? So what happens is, right? So and and like so many cases, right? So what what will happen is you you have a kid, right? And somebody put a whole bunch of expectations before them, right? Because what happens, I can see your potential. You don't necessarily see your own potential, right? So I can see this going through the roof, right? But you might only be able to see maybe like the next four or five years, realistically, right? So you'll have a kid and his family, his friends, you know, his teammates are like,
1: yo. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just chilling.
0: Right, right. So after what'll happen is you got all these people, you know, saying you should do this. And then what they don't take into account is like human error, right? So because the expectations are up here, right? When the kid don't reach that expectation, let's say, let's say the ball was set here and the kid makes it here, right? Everybody's disappointed, and they let the kid know. But the, they still went up high, right? So now the the game has less of an impact on the kid, and they start to not be into it as much because their failure, well, not not even their failures, right? Their production doesn't match the unrealistic production of everybody that that placed it before them, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's also like the training and conditioning part of it, right? Because even though a kid might be younger, and the idea is that because the kid is younger, their body will recuperate, you know, quicker. Sports, regardless from, from cheerleading to, you know, track and field, it you gotta practice. And practice takes time. And you know, when you're a kid, you got so many goofy interests so many, so many interests. You know what I'm saying? A kid might still like butterflies, you know? And, but gymnastics takes time. You don't got time to. I want you mean. to think, no,
1: we'll go. I hear you. Yeah. So when, cause what you're saying, right? I'm mm-hmm. thinking of, Um, I don't know if you, I, do you have Apple TV? Do you, like, have you seen Swagger? No, I no, no, Okay. No. So there's a show on Apple TV called Swagger. It's produced by Kevin Durant. Okay. And the makers of Friday Night Lights. Okay. Similar to Friday Night Lights even. Right, those expectations that we put on these kids, it's it's like um, we're expecting them to be solely dedicated to one thing, right? And forget that they actually just kids and are still learning and finding themselves out. Right. So it's like us as parents, we put all this pressure on kids to just be this thing that they honestly don't even know if they really want to be. You know, we got, like, as, me as a, I was put into sports, I ended up liking sports, but I was put into sports primarily because my parents just needed somewhere for me to be between three and seven. Right. That was it. Mm -hmm. After that, they did not care how good I was. They didn't care about, you know, taking me to games, watching my games, recording my games, anything like that. Like, is it kind of like the same? Because I'm hearing it and I'm like, yo, that's real.
0: So I believe that um, you you have to have a healthy mix of both, mm-hmm. right? Whoever whoever's looking out for the participant has to have a healthy mix of being involved and not caring, right? You have to be involved enough to acknowledge the accomplishments, right? Or to help to help open doors, right? But you have to be standoffish enough to to not how should i put it to not drill in errors and mistakes right because really what they are any a, a loss to error a mistake a failure these are learning experiences right so point them out in a way that you can still teach or they can still learn Right. Don't make it one of those things where like um, where it's blown way out of proportion, because once again, even though this is your your friend, you know, your your, your child or, you know, this this person that you're looking after that that point one zero or point zero percent ain't going nowhere. You know, they still have to go through so many things. And that's why it's almost better. Right. So So think about it like this. Right um you got you got the course of a a person's life right and a lot of times what happens in the burnout the focus of the game is intensified at this early point right it's not it's not broken down it's not um allowed to come in at at its natural pace it's forced Mm -hmm. right so at this early age when you got all of this life right you got all the all of this time to like learn on your own or you know to participate in things it's like extra being put in this short period of time eventually from it being forced it's just not going to become an interest no more because so at, at some point you won't know all that you really need to know about the game of football about I, the game of basketball whatever no
1: i feel you because for me it's like how do you recognize that first-hand experience so like I, I brought up Swagger, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing how I, it's a good show to watch. It's a great show. I'm on yeah. I'm, I'm to but know. the 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 mother in that show, right? It's like yeah, she's supporting the kids. So the kid's dream is to make it to the NBA, no matter what. Mm-hmm. NBA. I can see that, that he's passionate about it, but it's also like the mom is definitely playing a hand. Is she playing a hand because the child is actually the one pushing, or is she pushing? You know what I'm saying? The agenda on the child. That's one. And Two, my second example was like somebody like a DK Metcalf kind of, who was bred into right. becoming that type of individual that he is, Freakin' nature,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, man been lifting weights since he was a toddler.
0: Right, right, right. Right?
1: <laughs> he was groomed to be this NFL player that he is. So how do you identify whether it's a parent pushing their child into a sport? Or that child actually wanting to be in, involved in that activity.
0: The way I identify it, you gotta you gotta pay attention to both, right? You gotta pay attention to the child, and you gotta pay attention to the parent, and you know their relationship together, right? Um, the child, and we spoke on this before. Um, they'll be talking to you and they'll be giving you red flags, don't Mm -hmm. even know it, right? And then, of course, a lot of times when it comes to situations like that, you know, the parent is proud of their child, right? So they're gonna let you know that they care about every single thing that's going on (laughs) with this kid right now, right? Mm -hmm. And fortunately enough, um, I think uh, in my own experience as a coach, Cause I haven't had, I've had a situation or two, but nothing to like, you know, really like say like. Uh. But um, I, I think, uh, you know, as a as a coach myself, I've been able to demonstrate that I know enough to keep the parents like the line between the, the field and you know the sideline. But you know, yeah, uh, uh, that's those. That's what'll you know initially trigger like he. He or she there they on the field. You know, talking to me, you know, or, or saying too much. There's nothing wrong with having a conversation, but there's there's one thing where it's like my fault where it's like you talking about schemes now. You talking about, you know, where players should play or you talking about how much, you know, your son will how your much daughter. Time yeah. 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 And these these are things that are like, uh, you could have you had the opportunity to be the coach. You you didn't. So
1: I just ask, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's that's what it is, man. Um, and then, I mean, but yeah, I, I was pretty much about to repeat, but yeah. yeah. So, you tell how, so you've been
1: a head coach for about eight years. I was, I was. Uh, well, not necessarily. I've been coaching for coaching eight, I, for. Eight
0: yeah, years. yeah. I've been a head coach. How long for
1: eight have years. you been
0: at um, Kokufel? Actually, this this past season was my first season, man. That was an opportunity that kind of like uh, slipped and fell into my hands. Mm-hmm. You were you an assistant coach before, or had you worked with the team? So originally, um, a few years back, I had an opportunity to be uh, the D coordinator for the fourteen u But some things happened that didn't quite work out. I was coaching at Delaney at the time, and it it fell through. But this past uh, I'm gonna say this past summer into fall. uh, one of my players Tristan Forby uh, his, his his mother and father uh Paul and Michelle they've been super supportive of what I've been doing with Fourth Quarter and uh, one day I get a I don't remember if it was a call or a text but um they let me know that some things had happened with the 14U uh, the coach had, had left and um he took like half the team, right? So it, it get real grimy. I'm hip. Um, I'm, I'm, hit. I'm yeah, get, yeah, so when he left, he took like half the team, and um, it was like a small group left with no coach. And I, once again, like, um, and we spoke on this, like, I, I, I'm a person that I'm going to take advantage of the opportunities that come my way and I saw it as a chance to you know, continue to coach and to learn things and to network. And it, it blossomed into something beautiful, man. We turned it into sort of like a red shirt year, right? 14 um, years was the last age group before they go on to high school and play JV. And when um, I showed up and I talked to the parents and I talked to the players, it was a lot of their first times ever playing under the whistle. Right so I was left with a decision to make. I'm either going to try to force this thing and put these kids in equipment and it also our numbers were low. We only had like eight kids, right? So I was like, all right, we could try to force this thing, schedule a season with just eight kids, hope some hope three more or a couple <laughs> more show up. And and you know, try try to make something happen yeah. with two practices a week or or you know just try to make something happen and uh we started practicing and by the end of the season man we had 21 kids
1: oh yeah so that means you was doing clearly doing some something right yeah yeah so with where fourth quarter is today um i guess what is it that you're doing like what's the business model so pretty much a parent signs up a kid they pay x amount for specific training are you like what is it like what services are you providing what are you doing for these kids okay exactly?
0: so right now right now what what i've been doing is i've been doing fashion i've been doing team team entries or you know entering teams into different events and pretty much i've been showcasing kids as individuals right uh i i've done training on on a small scale. I'm And this is a one man show? Yeah, this is a one okay. man show. Like uh, and pretty much that's why that's really why I gotta I gotta do it like this, right? Um I've had I've had help in small periods going along the way, but, you know, life uh one of the one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't step into, you know, the entrepreneurial lane or doing things for themselves is because, you know, life is just too complicated. Right? So You know people that came in to help out things got complicated with them and you know they had to fall off but um because I'm a one-man I'm a one-man show I gotta do things sort of in the way that they come to me right so when the pandemic hit everything kind of shut down right I couldn't do any like personal training in the gym um people were kind of skeptical about meeting up on the field and stuff like that or a lot of the parks was like shut down they, mm. they weren't letting people come come together in any kind of any kind of way right but I had already done stuff right i had already so I I started by showing off other kids Highlights. highlight tapes right? right um growing up playing ball one of the the lessons I was taught was take what the defense give you right I ain't really have a whole bunch of resources. I had a phone, I had a laptop, and I had social media. All right, and through that, I was able to study the market. Um, and I'm, fuck it, I, I'll leak some secrets, but like uh, what I notice when it comes to the training aspect of it, right? What a lot of trainers do, and we, we spoke about it, they only focus on the physical. Mm-hmm. And when they show what they're doing, right, they're showing you executing their workout right so or their cone drill which is pretty much because a cone, a cone drill is a cone drill is a cone drill is a cone drill or it, it is a ladder is a ladder is a ladder you know what i'm saying i don't care what a says. Yeah. <laughs> so all right so uh what that is is it's your creativity put to life and you're showing the kid's ability to do that drill. What you're not showing is what that translates to on the field. A coach a coach cannot or there isn't a coach under the sun, right? That's going to go to any one of these trainers and look at their kid going through a drill and be like, "I want him now." They're going to say, "I like him what his film look like." And if his film look crazy, then it don't matter how well he execute that drill, how cute he looked with his, his matching gloves and cleats and everything. It don't, it, the shit don't matter. Right. And that's one of the, like a lot of people. Um, that's how they were marketing. Right. So I was like, all right. Uh, fourth quarter is something that's genuinely me. Right. This is something that my life was literally about. Right. So what were the things that got in my way? One of the things that got in my way was nobody knew about me. I didn't have that much exposure, right? So I started, I started with the guys that I coached, right? I, I had instant access to their highlight tapes, pictures that they had, and I knew them, right? So even if I didn't, it was nothing for me to be like, yo, let me get your highlight tape. Or let me send me a picture of something. And a picture says a thousand words. And a highlight tape is a highlight tape. You know, it's the best of you, right? So I got a picture of your action, pow, right? You you flexing or, you know, you just so happen to be looking at the person tackling you. It looks intense, right? It paints a picture already before somebody swipes and sees, you know, you playing, right? And then the idea is that you highlighted yourself or, you know, in some cases, I made your highlight tape, right? And if I'm making your highlight tape, it's all beef, no fat. You know what I mean, like um. And that doing and doing this, it it steered me into that, right? Because uh, you're getting these highlight tapes, you're getting these highlight tapes. Of course, I'm gonna look at them, right? Of course, I'm gonna check them out, you know. And what I didn't do was what I didn't do was say that you had to be, you know, this type of performer for me to put you out there, right? Because what was happening. Was even if, and you know, God forgive me. Even if the kid was a bum, right? Because that happens, right? A kid, all he wanna do is just be seen. He's just
1: be seen. Yeah, he's he's doing the best he can. Right.
0: All he wanna do is just be seen, right? Okay, I'm gonna put you out there. What'll happen is somebody that's nice will be like, and, and once again, perspective is everything, right? I know that on this end, I'm in a small room on a laptop, and I got my phone right here right what they seeing it looks like whatever they see right so a, a kid that's nice will see me post a bum and be like oh I can get on that too so what will ha- it's like clockwork I wish I kept track of how many times this will happen I'll get a, will get a a bum right and I'll be like damn I want to post this kid I'm posting he just went opportunity just like I did post him Right after that, I'll get like three nice kids and be like, oh, post them. And then let's say you went to one, you went to school A, I'll post you. Next thing that'll happen, I'll get another kid from kid A and another kid from kid A, post them. And then what'll happen is all these kids from, from school A, they rival with school B and School B checking out. School A. For yeah. What, what? What are these suckers doing? <laughs> and the next thing you know, and that's that's how, that's how it it started. Well, that's how it started, and it started graduating. So um, fast forward into what was going on with uh, the pandemic, right? So I couldn't go into any gyms, but I already started building relationships with a lot of kids, right? With a lot of people, and. Next thing I know, I hear about, um, I hear about two, two uh, league situations, right? Um, I hear about 10-12 sports mm-hmm. uh, through a friend of mine, Mike Smith. He, he works uh, through Baltimore City Parks and Recs, and then I heard about uh, One Motion Sports uh, that ran by this guy. I, I only know him as Q. But they do a lot of great work as far as visuals, as far as training and, you know, putting things together and um, throughout everything that was going on through the pandemic, people, you know, having to stay indoors, don't look at me, you might get me infected. These two things scroll through, they through the crack, right, because it wasn't that much contact and and having. You know, still having a relationship with the kids, you know, talking to them. They giving me red flags, not even knowing. A lot of people were going through depression. You know, a lot of my kids was extremely worried about their future because they couldn't play. A lot of kids needed that season. Right. So I was like, all right. Boom. It's not perfect, but it's something. Right. Um, And both of these opportunities, they... The kids uh, would have footage, right, 10-12 um, sports and one motion, they, they recorded, they had a camera, right? One man wrecking crew, I don't got a whole bunch of equipment, but I, I'm not afraid to take steps and do things, right? So, boom, I see it as, we get into this, y'all can get some film. I don't know what the competition going to be like, but I ain't heard about nothing else. So if you're nice, you heard about it, we're going to hop into these things and whether they want to admit it or not man um playing in these things it saved not only fourth quarter because through being involved in these in these these two leagues you have to i got exposed right? right not only as as a business but you know as a coach my players got exposed all of these things right it, it but, it <laughs> right right yeah. and my players you know figuratively speaking stayed alive right they were in something that motivated them again. They, they now had a reason again to lift or a reason again to run and work on their hands and do stuff like that. And um, from there, I just continued to, to ride the wave, right? So, and being in one motion, I had to, I had to figure out our jerseys, right? And even before um, having to figure out the jerseys, I had to figure out ways to market. Right um, at the time, uh, I was I was doing uh, a little bit of fashion work with a friend of mine named Tyrell. We were doing hoodies and T-shirts, and that was working out pretty well. But life happens, right? You know, and it, it slowed down. But boom, because we're in this league now, I had to think about fashion again. Luckily, I already started. So okay, we're going to design some jerseys, but you can't just stop there, you know, because you could, you could market elsewhere. You've already done just t-shirts and hoodies. So take it further. I did the Jersey tops and bottoms. I did sleeves and accessories and I'm, I'm going to continue to, to oh, dive man. into the fashion. Right. And then, um, uh, I it's mean, just it, interesting. It, it's, it's a lot, man. Like, uh, as far as as far as having future goals for it, when I first started, when I first put this down on paper, I had I had a future goal. But when I got into it, I started learning that um, you can't you can't control how things come into Like, I I doing a seven on seven or a flag football team was not on my radar, but because of what happened, it fell onto my radar. Now, that's taking me to a whole different, a whole different level, a whole different you know, lane that I wasn't even considering. But I I kinda like it like that because um what I feel that it does for me is it gives it just gives me more chances, more opportunities to find a niche. My original plans didn't go anywhere. The only thing that happened was I incorporated more.
1: Exactly. You just got exposed to a
0: lot more. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's what it could be
1: a, a lot of times with
0: uh, <clears throat> with these
1: experiences, and from what I'm hearing, I think from a personal standpoint, it, it sounds like you're still growing and developing, and you've actually put yourself into three different in sports industries,
0: so to <laughs> but, speak. But but just think about it, right? That's exactly how Bowie set, set it up, up. Yeah. right? Because you know how to do everything, and 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 that's why like. It and it, it trips me out because like I have I have conversations with friends, I have conversations with family, and they they want to know specifics, right? <laughs> I can't give you no specifics, right? I can right. give you like a, a generalized idea without really telling you anything, but as far as specifics, the only thing I could tell you is I'm about to so with this, right? This is this is new. Mm-hmm. I'm about to fresh off the press. I'm about to make a, I'm about to make a sweatsuit. And I'm gonna walk around in it. And whatever happens from there, happens from there. Somebody might, and this happened to me one time. I, um, I just so happened to be on the scene and a dude that ran uh, a boutique, a, a black owned boutique. He only put, you know, black designers in his, in his boutique. He saw what I was wearing. The only only fucked up part is i'm a one-man record crew you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i don't have like a whole bunch of shit in bulk like where i could have been like i gotta find the shirts to the truck yeah take it you know work out some kind of deal where you know all right you you sell this mm-hmm. i'll get this as a kickback but it's learning it exactly, But and that's what um i'm falling in love with that's what i'm enjoying about this whole thing is the learning process of it the, the building process of it uh If I only engulf myself in the the final result, I'm setting myself up for failure because not everybody makes it to that, right? But no matter who you are, if you jump into a lane, whether you have a whole bunch of resources, a whole bunch of money, or you have nothing, right? You still gotta go through the process. You still gotta go through some kind of trials and tribulations, and that is what I've been, and it's it's a tough one I've been, training myself to just enjoy that part last question a lot of times people
1: are scared to follow their dreams so like you know one thing for me in sports management like we said they teach you so much because there's so many different lanes you can go into and the people that i had in my classes with because the other part of sports management is not too many people take it so you end up in the same classes with the same individual with the same people every year and I look at those individuals and where they are and what they're doing that they're not following the same passions that we once had in college how do you continue how would you encourage someone to one follow their their passion of doing whatever it is at least in the sports aspect because for me you know my final goal is a sports agent and I'm doing everything I possibly can I got other endeavors mm-hmm. but trust me still there I'm still working on it. Um, so how how as you as an individual you're now a coach you now own your own business and operate your own business and you're diving into other industries as this entity mm-hmm. so how would you advise someone that wants a career in sports and entertainment uh, to follow or continue down there down that road
0: um that's okay that's that's tougher to answer than than what a lot of people would i believe would give credit credit just follow your dreams so it's not all right following your dreams is it's a it's an opportunity for everybody but it's not meant for everybody right um you have to have Certain things within you. I encourage everybody to follow their dreams whenever um I come in contact with a person It's been several instances in my life where I just randomly met a person and they started talking about things that they wanted to do And they would there was a little bit of skepticism and I, I always encourage them and the reason why And this is this is how I look at it for me, right? I, I only got this one life right Um. I am not going to, or there hasn't been a case of anybody being reincarnated and getting a second chance at this motherfucker, right? So if this is the one life that I have, then I'm going to do as many things or or follow as many as my interests as, as I can, right? And I think what it also is, is like the... the the word choice, right? Um, one of the things that I've been paying a lot of attention to is the English language and how deceptive it can be, right? Mm-hmm. When you label it a dream, right? And just think of what what we think of dreams are, right? Truth be told, dreams aren't real. You know, they're, they're like ideas, right? Or, you know, they're, they're like fantasies, right? But if you were to call it something else, right? If you were to call it like your goals, mm-hmm. right? Um, People would chase them more or something that you want to do with your life, you know, even though that's not like a one word definition, but that's what it is. Right. If you you might call it a dream, but truth be told, what it is, is is something that you want to do with your time on Earth. Right. And if that's what you call it or if you start referring to it as that, I believe more people would chase after more people would do it because you you see a lot of people saying, oh, I want to go to Miami or I want I want to take a trip and eventually they come around. They don't say, my dream is to go to Miami. They don't say that, right? They say, I wanna go, or, you know, it's one of my goals this year is to to lose weight. They don't say, my dream weight is to... No, they don't say that, right? They say, my goal, or I want to do this. So, that's that's probably, actually, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Like, that, I'm coming up with this on the spot. That's what I would do. I would say, don't call it a dream. Watch what you call it, call it a goal, or just say that it's something that you want to do. And after you do that, like either take the step or give it its time. And when I say give it its time, right here, right now, map out what would have to happen in order for it to happen. Because what that do is, it puts in perspective how real it actually I, is. How
1: attainable it is. Yep. <laughs> now that makes, that, that makes the most sense, man. Bro, I'm just appreciative of you coming on to the platform. Um, one, I've known you for I think I want to say five, six, seven. So it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. time Tom's time, flying. Yeah, it's flying, man. It's flying. I've known you for a while. Like I said, I was your first. I don't know if I was your first intern, but you were definitely my
0: first internship. Um, I think I think you actually were. I think you actually were. <laughs> so you came in with a, with a group 2016 was it 2015 it was 2016 2017 it was one of them years man. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was it was, was a long time <laughs> What's crazy about that is right i don't i don't know if you could tell I'm, I'm pretty sure you could tell but like we had no idea of what we were doing or what was going to come about we were just trying we were just trying to be as professional as, as we possibly could
1: yeah now it was definitely yeah i don't i did not that i didn't know i guess i didn't care i was just excited because it was like it was a step that you take mm-hmm. into this journey because the sports what people don't know about and that was my thing about getting to dc united what people don't know is the amount of work you really have to put in in this type of industry right to get to where you want to go because i thought once I got the job at DC United, like, oh, life is made. I'm in here, I'm good. And then I got there and I saw what a professional, how a professional organization is run, and it's it's not easy. And especially trying to develop a career into it. It takes dedication. It takes passion. It takes a lot of intangibles that people aren't necessarily ready to be a part of when they get into this lifestyle. So from me to you, I know what it took personally, or I think I understand it because I'm not an entrepreneur yet, but I know the level of sacrifice and the dedication that you had to give to get to this point, especially when it comes to training athletes. So I commend you for that. And no regular athletes. These are high school boys, middle school boys becoming high school boys. So right. that age group and, and in Baltimore City. It's a that, funny age group. I, that's what i will say. It's, it's a funny It's, one. it's <laughs> funny it's very difficult but i see you and i commend you but um yo this has been stuck in the middle this is the couch talk we at our five-year mark v vernon as y'all know him fourth quarter llc mr ceo head coach of the 14 year i know a championship coming soon i I know i scrolled past the championship i didn't bring it up but i know a championship coming we got
0: soon. so all right, all right we got a championship in the, uh in the 10 12 league okay as the dolphins um i'm extremely proud about that right uh, shout out to uh coach jeff thompson he uh he pretty well i'm gonna go on record and say he runs a, i know him as the, the big dog that runs that whole thing but um yeah that was that was a hard fought win for us that day was a, a tough one right. and um yeah, man, it was it was my first uh, it was my first championship in this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, it makes you want more. Exactly, it, right? It
1: Makes you want more,
0: and that's 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 why I encourage exactly why I encourage people to follow their dreams because, like you know, just when you take a step and you just see a little bit, a little taste of success, right? It just makes you want more, okay. or, and, and want to figure out more. You know, I feel it. So. Yeah fourth quarter llc if you're in the baltimore
1: area the baltimore region and you got a a young one uh 14 years and below i think they start at seven go all the way up to 14 and even if you want if you're in high school if anybody that comes across this video if you need some additional training holistic training and development or guidance really v is your guide trust me you will you will not go wrong i know i didn't even talk about your placements there's a lot that we didn't talk about but I know you're a, you a good dude. So where can the people find you?
0: Uh, physically or just to get in contact with mean. <laughs> you?
1: Get in contact? Where can the people follow you on social media? If they want to reach you, how can they reach you? Is there a website? Things okay,
0: like so for, for what we've talked about, right? Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram at fourth quarter underscore, well, fourth oh. underscore quarter LLC. That's the number four, TH underscore quarter LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, Me, personally, as an individual, you can follow me at Young Anansi on Instagram, and that's Young Anansi, is spelled A-N-A-N-S-I.
1: Yeah, for people that don't know what Anansi is or who Anansi is, do your research. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Trust me, I'm him. I know everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know everything. Good, good. But, no, it's it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm so happy that you're here. You supported me. I supported you. You're a guest of the show, you're welcome anytime to come on if you have any other endeavors that you want to talk about or come onto the platform, we definitely welcome you. I told you, Suck in the Middle turns five this year. so. You definitely got to come out and support. We definitely got a little shindig coming out. I know you in Baltimore, and this I'm, was a little drive for
0: you. Look, I have, I've taken some trips for some adventures, <laughs> so you know, this is this is nothing but uh, a quick little bop for me. So you know, I will, I will definitely show my face. I will make sure that you get the invite, and when you come out, you
1: have a good time. But yo, my name is Sir Charles, A.K.A. Capo. I'm the host of the Calchar. This is The Couch Talk. This has been SITM Podcast. Um, you got, I got everyone in the building. It's a packed house. Yo, just make sure you stay in tune with everything we got going on. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We need that engagement. And make sure, once again, you head to www.sitmpodcast.com to shop your exclusive merch. That is the fuel that drives this machine. I'm your host, once again, Sir Charles, A.K.A. Capo. This is Vernon, fourth quarter LLC. Couch talk. We out. Man, this was <laughs> fun. <laughs>